I want to begin, begin by telling you about a little boy that went to live with his grandmother. He, he uh, just went to visit her for a couple of weeks. And while he was there, he went to church for the first time. And seven-year-old boy, and he's sitting in church and taking it all in. Later on that day, his mother called and said, how was it going to church? And he said, Mom, you're not going to believe it. He said, there was a big crowd there. He said, they sang some songs, but I had never heard them on the radio before. He said, then after they sang for a little while, this guy came up. He asked everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads. And then he started talking to his father. And when he got through, he said, amen. He said, I, I guess he didn't know whether his father was a man or not. And then he said, and then another guy came up. And they passed out refreshments. But that must be a poor church, Mama, because they just gave everybody a little tiny piece of cracker and a little tiny cup of juice. And then... After they finished that, this guy came up, and he started talking. And then he got loud. And at one point, he started screaming at everybody. And then he ended, and he asked everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads. And he started talking to his father. Anyway, after he got through, again, he must not have known whether his father was a man or not. Because he said, Amen. And then a guy came down, and they talked, the preacher and him talked for a little bit. And he must have done something really bad because the preacher, the preacher took him up behind the, the stage and tried to drown him. Anyway, you get the point. If you're seven years old and you've never been to church, you might not understand what's going on. And, you know... To some outsiders, some of the things we do may seem weird. I mean, what is this saying? We dunk people under the water. Of course, we all know it's a baptism. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. We continue our series, the Basics of the Faith. Uh, last couple of weeks, we, we talked about faith and what that really is, and then repentance. And today, we're going to talk about baptism. Because those are three things that the Bible tells us that are very important to our salvation. And so today, as, as we study, uh, we're, we're going to look into this idea. We'll be in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 is going to be our focus verse today, Acts 2, 38. And we'll, we'll look at that. This is a record here in Acts 2 of the first gospel sermon that was ever preached. It was preached by the apostle Peter. And he's preaching to thousands of people in the streets of Jerusalem. And as he preaches, you know, he's telling them who Jesus is. And through faith in Jesus, you can be saved. And he gets to the end, and he says, This Jesus rose from the dead, and he is your Lord and your Christ, your Savior. And the people understood what he was telling them. And so the Peter, people looked to Peter, and they said, What must we do? What do we do now? And Peter said to them this, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say this gift is for you 
and for all your children and for all who are far away, talking about us. It goes on through the ages. So today I want us to think about Peter's words there because he said repent, which we looked at last week, and be baptized. So let's think about that baptism today and what that means for us. So what is this baptism that the Scripture speaks of? Believe it or not, the word baptism, baptized, baptized, or baptizing is used 92 times in the New Testament. 92 times. It's an important word. Today in our culture, uh, some churches don't even practice it anymore. Uh, you may go to churches that, that somehow have just written it out of their mind and they don't even practice it. Certainly it was important to the Apostle Peter because he brought it to their attention. The text goes on to tell us that that day 3,000 people were baptized. So it was important. You know, these believers just came to Jesus and said, what's the next step now, Peter? And baptism was where they were. So today we're going to think about that. And the first thing I want you to see today is that Jesus directed his disciples to be baptized. And you think about why Peter would have told them to repent and be baptized, because that's what Jesus taught him that people needed to do. If we go with me uh, to Matthew chapter 28 in the Bible, there's a passage there where Jesus had gathered his disciples. This is one of the last times he met with them and talked to him. And in Matthew 28, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. So you see what Jesus did? Jesus said three things. He gave them three commands. Go and make disciples. And the second command was baptizing them. And the third command was teaching them. So Jesus wanted his apostles to teach people that they needed to be baptized. He said it should be done in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. As the, uh, as the apostles began to go out and do it, Peter said in the name of Jesus. Why would he change that? Well, the name of Jesus represents the Father who is God because Jesus is God in the flesh. It represents the Holy Spirit because sometimes the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Christ. So Jesus is representative of the Trinity. So we baptize people in the name of Jesus. You know, when you do something in the name of somebody else, you're doing it in their authority. You think about for a minute if somebody says, in the name of the law, I'm arresting you. So they're doing it under the authority of the law. If, if, uh, if we are representing our company in the name of whatever my company is, I'm here to service whatever you've called for service on. You're doing it in the authority of that company. 
If you think about this, in the name of Jesus, I'm coming on the authority of Jesus to baptize you into Christ. Now, I want us to think a little deeper about this idea of baptism that Jesus has called us to. Go with me if you have your Bible to John chapter 3. In John chapter 3, there's one of the uh, Jewish leading counselor, rulers. Uh, he's a member of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council. His name is Nicodemus. He comes to Jesus at night, and he wants to know more. You see, the Jewish rulers hadn't figured Jesus out yet, and they were, they were sort of against him, but some of them apparently believed that there was some, some validity to his ministry. Uh, they saw the miracles that he was doing and all that he was doing. And this one Pharisee, Nicodemus, comes to him and he says, Rabbi, he calls him Rabbi, which is a term of respect. It means teacher. And he says, I, I know you couldn't do all you were doing unless you were sent by God. So he's trying to seek and find out more. And Jesus said to him, listen to verse 3. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, have you ever heard somebody say, I'm a born-again Christian, or he's a born-again Christian? This is where this comes from. Because that's what Jesus wants you to be, is a born-again Christian. So what does that mean? And Nicodemus says, what does that mean? He can't figure it out. He says, surely an old guy like me can't go back into his mother's womb and be born again. And Jesus goes on and says, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Now, why should Nicodemus not be surprised at the idea of being born again? Here's why. William Barclay, in his commentary on this particular passage cell, says, Now, this was not an idea that was in the least strange to the people who heard it in New Testament times. He's referring to the Jewish people. The Jews knew all about rebirth. A man from another faith became a Jew. He had been accepted into Judaism by prayer and sacrifice and baptism. Did you know that the Jews baptized their converts, people who were of no religion or another religion that were converting to Judaism, were baptized? He goes on, Barclay goes on to say, a proselyte, that's one that converted, who embraces Judaism, said the rabbis, was like a newborn child. So radical was the change that the sins he had committed before his reception were all done away with, for he was a different person. When that person became a Jewish person, they were different. Their sins were wiped away. It was as though their past was wiped out, and now they were part of the family of God part of the Jews and the Jewish family. That's how radical the change was in their life. Now, if you connect that for just a minute to what Jesus said, you must be born of water and the Spirit. 
Now you think about this baptism we're talking about. Let's go to Romans chapter 6 for just a minute. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Now I want to tell you something. Baptism identifies us with Christ. We are baptized into his death. It's as though when we go down into the water, we are dying. The old self is dying. He goes on, verse 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism. So we're buried, we're under the water, buried in a watery grave, buried through baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of Father, we too may live a new life. We come up out of that water, raised to a new life, born again. Now think about what Jesus said. You must be born of water, baptism. You come up new life. And what did Peter say? Repent and be baptized and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are born of water and we get the Spirit and we are born of the Spirit. We are born again. We are new people. We are new creatures. The Bible says the old is gone, the new has come. And we may not be perfect, we won't be. But God begins to work with His Spirit to lead us and guide us and cause us or help us to become what He wants us to be as we seek Him out. So if you believe in Jesus and you repent of your sin and you have been baptized, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and you are what we call saved. So Jesus directed all of His his disciples, his followers, to be baptized. Now, I want to take this a step further. The biblical method of baptism is immersion. In the Greek language, the word word is baptizo. That word that I talked about was used 92 times in the New Testament. And baptizo means to dip or immerse or submerge something in water. It was often used in the Greek language about what you do to your dishes after you eat dinner. You baptize your dishes. You baptizo your dishes. You wash them. You dip them in water to clean them. Um, The New Testament writers couldn't conceive of anybody being baptized any other way than being immersed in water. They had no concept of anything else. Now, I know today, as they do in other areas of the Bible, many churches and people have distorted the Word and have gotten away from what the Word teaches. Uh, Some churches see it as all right to sprinkle a couple of drops of water on you. I don't know if you ever heard the preacher T.D. Jakes. I wouldn't agree with everything he says, but he does say this about baptism He said, when you ever see somebody get buried and they sprinkled a few pieces of dirt on them, he said, you are immersed in water when you're baptized. So, uh, other churches will pour water. Some churches don't even use water. They just lay their hands on somebody and say, you're baptized in the name of Jesus. None of that is biblical. 
Baptism in the Bible was by immersion, down into the water and come up out of the water. Jesus himself committed to baptism. Let's go for a minute to Matthew chapter 3. In Matthew chapter 3, we'll begin at verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. That's John the Baptist. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. Think about what he's saying. To fulfill all righteousness. If you want to be right with God, you need to do this. Jesus said, even I'm going to do it. Because not only do I want people to be baptized, God wants people to be baptized. Verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So Jesus was baptized. And if you notice what the text says, he went up out of the water. They didn't stand by the Jordan and and get a little water and sprinkle on his head. He was down in the water and he came up out of the water. This is the proper mode of Christian baptism is to be immersed in the water. You know, in the book of Acts, there are a number of... of, uh, Stories about converts who became Christians. There are eight specific ones in the book of Acts. And if you go through the book of Acts and you read these, you're going to notice something. There was, in every case, you will notice faith and repentance and baptism. Now, not every one of these eight cases is the word faith mentioned. But as you read it, you see the people They came to faith. You realize they did. Not every case is repentance mentioned. But you see the people. You see they they came to repentance. They wanted to change. But in every one of those eight cases, baptism was mentioned. And it was immediate. They didn't say, well, at some point in your life you need to be baptized. Don't worry about it right now. They did it right then. You you can go through these these eight cases. Acts 2.41, 3,000 people. Believed, repented, and were baptized on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 8, verse 12, Simon the sorcerer in Samaria. Acts chapter 8, verse 38, an Ethiopian eunuch. Acts chapter 9, verse 18, a man named Saul who was persecuting Christians. And Jesus spoke to him, and he was converted, and he became a Christian. He was eventually named the Apostle Paul. He was baptized. Acts chapter 10, verse 46, Cornelius, a member of uh, the Roman army, his whole household was baptized. Acts 16, 15, Lydia and her whole household, she was a seller of purple cloth, a a businesswoman. Acts chapter 16, verse 33, uh, Philippian jailer and his whole household. And Acts chapter 18, verse 8, Crispus, a synagogue ruler, he and his household were baptized, and other people there in Corinth with him were baptized. See, this is important. It's important to our faith. And in each of these cases, it indicates there was belief and there was repentance, 
But in all eight of those cases, it specifically says there was baptism that happened. In several of them, it mentions water was part of it. In fact, the one in Acts 8.38 about the Ethiopian eunuch, it says both Philip, who did the baptizing, and the eunuch went down into the water, and, and Philip baptized him. So he went down into the water to do this. So we're baptized in the name of Jesus, and we are saved if we have faith and if we repent. Just because we get baptized doesn't mean we're saved. There's a story, Philip Griffin is a, is a pastor and he started a new church in Texas and the church started growing really fast. And, and uh, everybody was amazed and one Sunday night they were going to have a service on Sunday night and they had about 30 people that were going to be baptized. And, and so uh, they bought this, uh, this swimming pool and set it up in this room where they met. They didn't have a building like we have. They had just had a room where they met with chairs, and they set this swimming pool up, and they didn't have a water hose, and they couldn't find a water hose. So the, Philip, the preacher, said, I'm going to run to the store and get a water hose, and he was walking out in the parking lot, and this guy stopped him and said, Hey, I'm John. I've been coming to your church. I hear what you're saying, and I want to know if it's real. I want to know if, if Jesus loves everybody and if Jesus saves people who commit to him. i got to know if it's real, and he said, yes, it's real. And he kept making his way toward his car because he was under time restraints to go get the water hose. And the guy said, well, I need to talk to you. I got something to tell you. I, I got to talk to you. And he said, okay. And he said, no, I need to be private. And so Preacher Philip re recognized he needed to go to his office. And they went into his office and sat down. And the guy began to talk to him. And he said, I want you to know something. I've got sin in my life. And he said, I'm a homosexual, and I know what the Bible says about that, and I want to change, but I can't. I keep falling back into it. I keep getting out of it, and I keep falling back into it. And, and I want to know that this Jesus is real and that he'll help me and that I can overcome this. Will you help me? And the preacher said, yes, I will. And they got him connected with a ministry that works with uh, homosexuals who are trying to overcome that lifestyle. And they hooked him up in one of their small groups in the church that was known for being a loving group that would teach him the Bible and work with him and help him. And so the preacher thought, I got just enough time to go get my water hose. And he said, Okay, John, I got to go. And he said, Wait a minute, I got something else to tell you. Okay, what is it? He said, Tonight. I wasn't on my way to come to this church. I was on my way to the road right down the street, and I was going to turn down that road, and I'd stopped at the hardware store and bought a roll of duct tape and a water hose, and I was going to, uh, I was going to hook that up into my car and wrap that tape around the water hose and let my car fill up with the exhaust from the car, and I was going to roll all the windows up tight, and I was going to die right there. But I pulled into your church. Pastor Philip says, you got a water hose? He said, John, let me ask you something. How about we take that water hose and instead of using it as an instrument of death, how about we use it as an instrument of life tonight and we use it to fill up this baptistry 
where we've got 30 people that are going to, to be baptized into Christ and receive eternal life tonight because of their faith and their repentance. And John said, that would be great. Can we make it 31? Jesus wants you to be baptized. Jesus wants you to be immersed in the water. Now let's go back to our main text for just a minute from Acts 2.38. It said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. See, baptize, baptism in Jesus' name brings forgiveness for sins. It, it leads to it. Okay? If we are to be saved, there's one thing for certain we all need, and that is forgiveness. The Bible indicates that all of us are sinners. We've all sinned. And I know some religions say, well, you can overcome that. You can work your way out, or, or you can do penance and, and do these works, and, and you can wipe out your sins, or you can go through these rituals and, and various things. And, and, but that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says there's nothing we can do to be forgiven of sin except going through Jesus. Listen to Colossians 1.21. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. Now, we've all sinned, and all sin is evil. So if we've all sinned, we've all done evil, it separates us from God. And when we're separated from God, we are separated from God's salvation. In our sin and our alienation from God, we have a way to restore that. And that's through faith in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1.7 says, In Him, that's Christ, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. In Him, we have redemption. We're redeemed out of our sin through faith in Christ. In Acts chapter 22, this man Saul uh, was told to, to go to the city of Damascus, and there he would meet a man named Ananias. And Ananias would share the gospel with him, and, and uh, he did, and Paul believed, and he told Paul, get up and be baptized. Wash your sins away, calling on Christ's name. And Paul did, and it changed his life, and he became the greatest missionary the world has ever seen for the Christian faith and wrote one-third of our New Testament. You see, it happened when he believed and he repented and he was baptized. Now, we're not baptized. It's not the baptizing that does the saving. Okay? It's because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Hebrews 9.22 says, Without the shedding of blood... There is no forgiveness, as David said earlier. You see, it's not because of anything we do that we're forgiven. We can't earn forgiveness. We don't deserve forgiveness. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross when he shed his blood. In the olden days, God would allow people to sacrifice an animal to make atonement for their immediate sin. But now Jesus died to make atonement for our sin once for all, for all time, past, present, and future. And we receive 
that forgiveness when we place our faith in Jesus and we believe that God used his sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sin and that he raised him from the dead, proving that it's all true. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. See, we can't do enough good to overcome the bad that we've done. We have to turn to Jesus. And when we believe and we repent and we are baptized into Christ, we are forgiven. We receive the Holy Spirit to begin to help us. Now, one more thing. In 1 Peter 3.21, Peter says, This water symbolizes baptism that now saves you. Also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, when we're baptized, we are demonstrating that our faith is real. Uh, baptism demonstrates the believer's faith. Now, I want to tell you, I've heard all kinds of excuses for not being baptized. I really have. Uh, people say, one woman told me, she said, I just got my hair done. I, why do I need to be baptized? Or people have said, well, I don't have any clothes changed into. I don't want to get my clothes wet. Um, and, and, well, it, I don't know when I would do it. I don't have time to do that. And, and, and all kinds of excuses. Well, you don't really need to do that. Or why can't we just sprinkle a little water? Well, that's not what the Bible teaches us to do. And so we... we at Central Christian, try to practice what the Bible teaches us that we should do. Now, track with me here. We had a lady come to our church. She was from a different denomination. She came several years ago. Some of you will remember her. She, she fell in love with our church, and we fell in love with her. Her name was Carolyn Kegley, and her husband came, and Carolyn... Uh, just got involved. She came to our Wednesday night meals and she was in Bible studies and she had a Bible study at her daughter's house that she led and she was in the choir and she was involved in women's groups. She, she just got involved. She loved it. And she wanted to place membership in our church and one of the things that we say is you have to believe in Jesus and repent and be baptized. And she said, Church I was raised in, I never did get baptized. And she said, I want to join this church, but I have a problem. I have a fear of water. And I said, okay. I said, so? Jesus is on your side. He can help you overcome that fear. She said, well, I know he can, but I'm still afraid. And I don't know how I'm going to do this. She said, I, I don't even take a bath, and when I get in the shower, I don't even let the water run on my face. The only way I can wash my face is put water on a washcloth and, and wipe my face. And I said, well, let's pray about it. I think God will give you the courage to go through this baptism. The next day, she called me, and she said, what are you doing Saturday morning? And I said, nothing. I hope I'm going to baptize you. And she said, you are. 
And she said, I think I've come up with a way. My son Brandon wants to be baptized too. And I had talked to Brandon and we were going to baptize him. And she said, I'm going to invite a few friends and, and uh, I want you to baptize me and Brandon. Later on she called me and she said, add one more to the baptism. My granddaughter who I've never seen before, I just found out I had. She's coming and she wants to be baptized. So we met with all these folks and made sure they were believers and they had repented and and we came up here on a Saturday morning and she said a few friends there were 25 people that showed up on a Saturday morning here in this sanctuary and right there she said baptize my grandson first and then let him stay in the water and and that way when I come down I'll know he's got me and you got me and and I'll be comfortable and we baptized her And when she came up out of that water, she shouted, Hallelujah! People of all ages have been baptized in this church. Um, But one thing now, you have to be old enough to believe and repent. We don't baptize babies. Jesus says, let the little children come to me The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So there comes a point, though, when a child reaches the age of accountability. And hopefully if you've got them in church and you're teaching them the Bible, they will start to ask questions about that and they will will begin and you can answer and tell them that they need uh, to be baptized. I've literally seen people that were baptized so young and they say, I don't even remember it. I didn't believe and I didn't repent when I was baptized. So we wait to an age when they're old enough. Usually for most kids, it's about 8 or 9 or 10 years old. They start thinking about it and asking questions. But if you don't believe and you don't repent, the baptism doesn't matter. It's not the baptism that saves you. But here's, there was a, a deputy, his name was uh, Daniel. And he pulled this lady over who was, uh, who was driving a car erratically, speeding a little bit. It was late one night, and he pulled her over. Her name was uh, Shandell Riley. And Shandell, it just so happens, got pulled over right in front of her ex-mother-in-law's house. And so this deputy came up, and he was going to write her a citation for speeding. But then something wasn't right, and he discovered she had marijuana in her car, And so he was going to write her a citation for possession. And he said, I'll tell you what, if you will let me baptize you, I won't make you go to jail. And she said, okay, if I don't have to go to jail, I'll be baptized. And she went into her mother-in-law's house and got some towels, and they met down at the lake, and another deputy came along. His name was Jacob Goforth, and the two deputies got her into the water and baptized her and brought her up out of the water. And um, the next week she sued him because she didn't think that was right that, that they would force her to be baptized when she really didn't even believe. And before the lawsuit came to court, She died of an overdose of drugs. 
You see, if, if you don't believe, then baptism, that's just making you a wet sinner. Okay? But if you believe and you repent and you say, God, I want to show you how much I love you and how much I believe in you. I want to do what you have called me to do, to be baptized. So here's our connection. All believers who have faith in Jesus, have repented of sin, and have been scripturally baptized, have a biblical assurance of salvation. That's what, that's what the Bible teaches. That if we believe and we repent and we are baptized, we receive the gift of Holy Spirit and the gift of eternal life. Now, it's not arrogant or boastful or proud to know that. You just have to ask yourself, do I believe? And have I repented? Have I turned away from the way of the world and I'm trying to go the way of Christ? And have I been scripturally baptized? And you can have a confidence that one day you will be in heaven at the right hand of God the Father. You see, our salvation is a journey of a lifetime. It's not just a one-time event. Yeah, I got baptized, so I'm saved, and I don't have to worry about anything else. It's about living our faith. And John 5, 1 John 5.13 says, These things are written that you might know that you have eternal life. And in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. You think about the life of Jesus. Jesus consented to be baptized. Jesus commanded that his followers be baptized. And Jesus condoned baptism as he sent his apostles out into the world to baptize people. Why would you want to begin your walk with Jesus any other way? Let's pray. God, we thank you today for Jesus and what he means to our life. His shed blood from the cross, Lord, paid the penalty for our sins. And he's called us, asked us to be his followers, to, to come to him, to believe in him, that his sacrifice was sufficient, to to uh, repent, to turn away from the ways of the world and, and strive to live for Him and start moving in that direction. And then to be baptized. And His Word tells us that if we do those things, we have the assurance of His salvation. So I pray today that you help us to understand this and realize it's one of the basics of the faith. And you help us as we go forward to bring this knowledge to more and more people that more and more might be saved. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray and praise today.